0: to Chef on a Mission Radio, episode number 64. I am Chef Marcus Giuliano, your Chef on a Mission. Today we're gonna to be talking about a restaurant that has landed themselves in some hot water over their sustainable seafood claims. And it's not your local, around the corner, independently owned restaurant. It's actually a national chain. Uh, that may um, be misleading people. Um, f- uh, food fraud, especially seafood mislabeling, um, is uh, is all over the place. So we'll talk about that. But first off, I am Chef Marcus Giuliano. I own and operate Aroma Time Bistro in Upstate New York, 90 miles north of New York City, since 2003 i also own vip winery vacations vip winery if you want to travel with me to my friends vineyards in italy being in the restaurant industry uh, for many many years and having my own restaurant since 2003 i've formed some amazing relationships with vineyard owners throughout the world really but um, specifically italy and spain um, all of new york state and even now all through california So VIP Winery Vacations specializes in boutique wine tours throughout Italy where I'm I'm the host. I'm the guide. I'm taking you to my friend's vineyards uh, to some off the beaten path uh, cities, vineyards, attractions all throughout Italy. Um, Italy is an amazing, amazing country. And when you go with somebody who knows the ins and outs, it's even that much better. So um, let's get started here. So Um, There's a class action lawsuit right now in California against none other than Red Lobster. Um, Class action claims Red Lobster's main lobster and shrimp products falsely advertised as sustainably sourced. Now, sustainably, the term sustainable um, can mean a lot of different things to certain people. For example, I was in a wine tasting about a decade ago, and um, there's a very famous wine label from... California that charges oh I don't know a thousand dollars a bottle it's something ridiculous. And they have a second label which means they make another wine that is a bit more affordable, um, but still very expensive. Still costs maybe sixty, seventy, eighty dollars a bottle wholesale. So it's still nothing to uh, you know to um, to say it's an economy or everyday wine. It's a high-end wine. still even their second label. And I was talking to the winemaker, and I'd heard him say sustainable to um, somebody else who was talking to at the table. And these wine, these wine tastings are set up just like um, trade shows. Each winery has its own booth. You walk around with your glass and you taste away and talk to the owner, the vintner, um, the representative, the broker, who's ever behind the table representing that wine. So I heard him say sustainable to the person he was talking to. And so I said, Oh, oh, what kind of sustainable things do you do? And uh, so the first question I asked is, Well, how do you how do you control the weeds? Like you're claiming sustainability, like what do you do for weeds? You do integrated pest management. So I asked him a couple specific questions, and he goes, "No, no, we don't, we don't, we don't herd goats or 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 plant other things in there to to to, you know as as, um, rotational crops like broccoli in between." He goes, "We actually use um, we use Roundup to control the weeds," and I said, "But that's not sustainable." He goes, "Oh, yes, it is." Let's go. Please explain to how Roundup is sustainable. He goes because. We have to sustain our finances, and we could never afford to pay somebody to come in and weed manually or or run the machines through. So we use Roundup to control the weeds. It's sustainable for our bank account. And I said, ah, you're totally taking the word sustainability out of the context that most people would think of as in natural, organic, renewable. You're talking about financially sustainable. So the word sustainable to begin with, means different things to certain people but when you start talking about monterey bay aquarium seafood watch um uh, marine stewardship council friends of the sea all these all these seafood advocacy groups or rating groups you're talking about something very specific as renewable resources fish that are um quoted 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 with caught on a quota system um uh, fish that are uh, have no bycatch or very little bycatch fish that um that don't um that are coming from clean waters uh fish not like farm salmon where there's more wild protein wild caught protein that goes into wild uh, farm salmon than it does to actually produce a farm salmon so for every three pounds of fish feed they use from wild harvested wild harvested f- harvested fish for the farm salmon they only get one pound back so that's not a sustainable ratio at all you're creating a net protein deficit so these seafood advocacy groups um, are pretty uh, reliable sources when it comes to um, picking seafood. So this class action lawsuit claims that, that Red Lobster is sort of um, exaggerating their claims. So proposed class action alleges Red Lobster has acceptably marketed and sold its main lobster and shrimp as sustainably sourced despite the fact that products may have come from suppliers who use environmentally harmful and inhumane practices. The 36-page lawsuit claims the sustainability representations on Red Lobster's menu, including statements such as seafood with standards and traceable, sustainable, responsible, are false and misleading giving the restaurant's main lobster products sourced from suppliers whose practices threaten endangered North Atlantic right whale populations. Moreover, the complaint alleges Red Lobster's shrimp products are sourced from industrial shrimp farms that do not employ the highest environmental or animal welfare standards. So the right whale, these big, um, the black whales, these big right whales, R-I-G-H-T, grow to 140 million pounds. Uh, They can uh, age up to 70 years. By the 1870s, 1890s, we had totally decimated the population of these whales and spent on a very slow comeback. Just recently, there was some a mass deaths of these whales. They've only, they only think there's about 400 of these whales left in the Atlantic Ocean, North Atlantic um, uh, in the U.S. and Canada, and then again in um, in the European side of the North Atlantic. So they had about 40 whales that had suddenly died, and that's about 10% of the population. Well, there's an issue with the way the, the whales and the traps are set and them getting caught in it in Maine specifically. So we'll get more into this article here. Um, let's see. So, according to the case filed in California against Red Lobster Management LLC, Red Lobster Seafood LLC, Red Lobster Restaurants LLC, and Red Lobster Hospital LLC, the restaurant's chain has sold more main lobster and shrimp products at higher prices than it otherwise would have, to absent its deceptive representations about the nature and sourcing of shellfish. So, they have raised the prices in order to say, hey, we are serving a better product. Now, first of all, when you talk about a national chain, that is, you know, Red Lobster's massive, Olive Garden, all these restaurants are just massive chains. They are using an insane amount of products. Like the amount of Maine lobsters that Red Lobster uses, or lobsters in general, shrimp, you know, is is mind-boggling to an, an ordinary restaurant owner like myself. Per location, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's got to be 30, 40 times what I would even use in shrimp. 50 times, 60 times. I mean, it's something insane, right? Because that's, that's their menu, and that's what they're known for, and they've been doing it for years. So when you have that much of a production um, demand or need, um, supply need. Um, you the, the on a national level, you know, you have to question these restaurants to begin with. Um, like when McDonald's makes us, if they were to make a sustainable claim, I mean, they can say their fish fillet is sourced from Alaska. I'm not sure what it says right now, but they've made statements in the past. I mean, this is this is a supplier that is going to impact the. Um, um, a, a, a restaurant that's going to impact the supply drastically where things have got to change to make it to move forward and go forward so other restaurants, um, other people like you and I at home can consume Maine lobsters or lobsters in general because um, it's very easy. I mean, if Red Lobster were to put, or if McDonald's or put avocados on their menu tomorrow, um, we all would pay the price because there would be an avocado shortage and avocados would go up in the store. So that's just as simple as that. So it's sort of the same thing here. Um, according to the case filed in California against um, Red Lobster, okay, the, the, the lawsuit argues that consumers who view Red Lobster sustainability claims will inaccurately conclude that the restaurant's lobster and shrimp are sourced in accordance with the highest environmental and animal welfare standards. Contrary to diners' expectations, Red Lobster, the case says, sources its lobster products from the Gulf of Maine lobster fishery. A supplier that the complaint relays has come under fire for failing to uphold sustainability standards. According to the suit, the U.S. District Court filed in April 2020 that the inadequate regulation of the Gulf of Maine Fishery violated Endangered Species Act and that the fishery had the potential to harm the North Atlantic right whale uh, at more than three times the sustainable rate. According to the court's decision, the Marine Stewardship Council in August of 2020 suspended the Gulf of Maine's lobsters fishery sustainability certification. The case says the Gulf of Maine, according to the suit, is considered by the National Marine Fisheries Service to be a Category 1 fishery. For example, one determined uh, to cause frequent mortality and serious injuries of marine mammals due to the frequency of injuries to North, American, North Atlantic right whales caused by lobster gear. The lawsuit on the claim that red lobster uh, shrimp products are sourced from suppliers in Indonesia, Vietnam, India, and China, where shrimp farming utilize unsustainable and inhumane high-density industrial farming methods to increase production. According to the complaint, the uh, shrimp farms in the areas from which red lobster sources this product frequently rely on antibiotics to prevent rampant disease outbreaks which wreak the havoc on the environmental process in combination of organic waste, chemicals, and antibiotics from shrimp farms, like the ones these contaminate groundwater, in turn significantly reducing the size and diversity of the fish populations that the ecosystem can support. The complaint reads, The use of harmful chemical contaminants is especially prevalent in the regions which Red Lobster sources shrimp for their shrimp products. Folks, the shrimp that they're talking about for Red Lobster is shrimp that most restaurants actually use. Um, very few restaurants use Gulf shrimp, um, and Gulf shrimp has its downfalls too. First of all, has anybody ever heard of the dead zone in the Gulf of Mexico? And of course we had a major oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico, but w- when they harvest wild shrimp, they actually go through and wreck havoc on the, on the environment. They go through and they trawl, uh, basically rake the bottom of the ocean floor and, um, and, Damage coral, um, get a lot of byproducts. So shrimp in general is one of the hardest products to really have a truly sustainable product. Even in my restaurant, I have sourcing issues a lot of times, not a lot of times, but there are could be sourcing issues. Um, we actually hold the standards of a company called Ecofish. Ecofish is uh, one of the strictest companies out there when it comes to wholesaling um, fish that is really sustainable. Their advisory board, they analyze everything and they use um, farm shrimp from um, in the mountains in the inland in um, Ecuador. And uh, these inland farms uh, with the water that's being sourced is, is what they can find to be the very best farmed or product shrimp in the world. Um, and they go through on their website a lot in-depth about the shrimp. And maybe we'll do another episode on, on shrimp more in-depth because shrimp, folks, is one of the hardest things to source for a restaurant. The best shrimp absolutely out there to source is going to be the uh, spot prawns from Alaska, which are in season in the fall and September. But spot prawns are extremely expensive. You're going to pay six, seven times the amount than these cheap Indonesian, Vietnam, Bangladesh shrimp. Uh, so most restaurants will do it. And, of course, the supply is low. Um, the nice thing about these shrimp from uh, Alaska, they're smaller shrimp because Gulf shrimp, warmer shrimp, grow larger. Uh, Maine sweet shrimp are also another great sustainable source, but they're very small shrimp from Maine. These shrimp from Maine and from Alaska are actually trap caught, which means they go into traps. Um, there are no bycatch issues. Um, they're not raking the bottom of the ocean. They're not destroying habitat. So when you see those tiny little small salad shrimp from Maine or salad shrimp from the, uh, from the uh, northeast here. Um, those shrimp are are a great great selection, but they are indeed truly a shrimp, being that they are tiny in the realm of the shrimp world. So, uh, but it's a trade off, and if you can find those shrimp to make a shrimp salad out of that, um, you're gonna um, that's a home run. Now, just of course read these very very carefully because all shrimp can be packed with, or a lot of shrimp can be packed with chemicals, phosphates, fillers, things like that. So, just read the packaging, read the label to make sure you're not. Ingesting something else into your body that may be an issue. So um, let's see. Uh, the case for the contested shrimp farms expansion in the Southeast Asia is a major contributor to the destruction of mangroves, which pr- which promote biodiversity, protect the coastal areas from storms and erosion, and provide substantial carbon sequestria- sequestration. So that is very true. Mangroves have been damaged for years in Asia because that's where they put the farms at. Um, per the suit, Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch has concluded that shrimp products from Indonesia, Vietnam, India, and China should be generally avoided due to harmful environmental impacts and overuse of antibiotics. More shrimp farms in these four countries, uh, the case says, uh, performs I stock uh, uh, ablation. Eye stalk ablation. Now, there, folks, this is this is pretty insane. It's an unnecessary, and inhumane practice where the eye stalk gland of the female shrimp is destroyed without painkillers to increase production, and the poor water quality standards leave shrimp struggling to breathe. One of the reasons um, there's massive die-off in salmon farms is when the water gets a little warmer um, in some of these areas, where they have salmon farms. There's so many fish packed in, um, less oxygen in the water. And the fish all of a sudden start suffocating, and you'll see the fish surfacing, trying to grasp for air, and um, this can cause major, major problems, major um, um, mortality rates in salmon farms. And I'm assuming the same thing can happen with shrimp farms as well. Uh, The lawsuit alleges that in light of the foregoing Red Lobster's sustainability representations are false, deceptive, and misleading and likely to deceive to deceive reasonable consumers in paying more for products they believe are sourced in accordance with the highest sustainability and animal welfare standards. Per the suit, Red Lobster has profited enormously from allegedly misleading advertising practices. So, folks, it's not only Red Lobster that does this. It's a lot of restaurants that do this. Restaurants know what they're buying. They know they're buying cheap products. And when you put them on the spot and ask them, well, where is the salmon from? Where is this? You know, they will a lot of them will try to mislead you because nobody wants to admit they're serving farmed salmon. Nobody wants to admit they're serving Asian cheap farmed Asian shrimp. Nobody wants to admit that. Um, so they will just basically say a lot of things just to say say, no, no, we're we're okay. However, um, most consumers would never question. And good for this person who started this class action lawsuit because people need to step up and call these people out, whether it's a small restaurant or it's these big chains. People need to step up and make sure that these restaurants are holding their standards because they can basically just say what they want and who's really checking them. Now, if they want to get certified from the Reinstruction Council, uh, red lobster, they have the right to do that, and it costs thousands and thousands of dollars to form that partnership with the Marine Sewership Council. The Marine Stewardship Council actually, like I read in this article in 2020, August 2020, downgraded the Maine lobster. Now, Maine lobsters, folks, can come from Canada. Uh, Maine lobster sometimes is more of a trade name than an actual um, area for lobsters. So lobsters range from um, Long Island all the way up into um, all the way through up into canada and there's a lot of lobsters that are caught in canada canada a lot of lobsters the gulf of maine um lobsters from maine can come from canada because if they're caught in the gulf of maine i think they classify i'm pretty sure they classify as a Maine lobster if they're caught in the gulf of maine which extends into canada um so but a lot of people on their menu never put oh we have canadian lobster um, you know, it's it's cool to say Maine lobster tails, Maine lobster this whole whole Maine lobsters. On my restaurant menu, i have been very very selective because I typically don't buy Maine lobsters. I buy from more north in Canada, and when I do buy them, I don't buy them often. And um I'm very specific on my wording North Atlantic Coldwater lobsters. North Atlantic Coldwater lobsters is what I put on my menu because I don't want to mislead anybody with Maine lobsters. And Maine lobsters put a lot of money into advertising and branding their product and trademarking their product. And if you're not serving Maine lobsters, you're kind of, um, and you're using the word Maine lobster, you're kind of infringement of their copyright. And um, if that were to ever be enforced, they would um, they would have rights on that. Uh, so uh, restaurants even the smallest things that restaurants think think are okay to say are really not okay and a lot of like I said a lot of the restaurants are buying Canadian lobsters because there's only so many main lobsters to go around and who knows where um, red lobsters getting all their lobsters are some of their lobsters coming from from Canada I don't know that um, specifically somebody who just was works at, a, at, a, at an industrial bakery. Um, somebody I know, and I was like, "I would love for you to start taking pictures of all this stuff." She was like, "All they do is just open packages and from the freezer and pop it in the oven, and they put fresh baked this, fresh baked that, baked in house, uh, made here." And she was like, "It's just everything in the whole place is out of a box into the oven." And I'd like, I'd love for you to start taking some pictures of the of the labels of the ingredients. Really love to see what their so called fresh baked ingredients have in them. Um, so, folks, when you're dealing with the food industry, there's a lot of shortcuts that are are, are being taken in this industry. Um, Labor is an issue, um, and they take advantage of pre-made foods like crazy. Now, lobster prices right now are the highest prices in almost 20 years. Congratulations for the lobster uh, fishermen. Um, because they're getting their highest prices. Uh, from what I understand from one of our sources, a lot of the, lo- the reason why the lobsters are so high is because a lot of restaurants reopened and China loves our lobsters. So a lot of our lobsters get shipped to China and they're willing to pay big bucks for them. So it's just a supply issue. I'm hoping that the summer of 2021, lobsters will come down in price. They will peak out by July 4th and then hopefully steadily come down, but I'm not sure. The highest price in almost 18 years, 20 years. I'm not sure how low they'll go. Um, I've seen them in the grocery stores for $18 a pound, $19 a pound. Normally, they're $9.99 to $12.99 a pound, and they even drop further down from there um, in the stores and in the mid- middle of the summer. When the new shelves are in, they actually drop down to $5.99 sometimes here in the local stores and ShopRite's and Hannaford's uh, here in the Northeast in New York. So, folks, um, what can you do about menu menu um false claims you know just ask as many questions that uh as you can when you go out ask where their products are from and when somebody is doing the right thing thank them for doing the right thing i have a i have two restaurants that i have to call back this week because i know that i know they're lying about their salmon there's no wild salmon from the faroe islands and there's no wild salmon from scotland that this restaurant's using then these two are, one one restaurant is local to me and one restaurant um was at a restaurant i was at when i was visiting martha's vineyard um so uh, a big restaurant there, and they seem like they have their act together, and they have four or five locations. They're part of a, 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 a an independent chain, and you would think that they have their act together. And I asked the waitress, she said, where's the wild salmon from? And she goes, well, it's sort of wild from the Faroe Islands. And I said, what do you mean, sort of wild? She goes, well, it's kind of like raised in the wild. And that's the Faroe Islands, famous marketing, you can tell. They teach all these chefs, we raise our salmon in the wild waters of the Faroe Islands. And they show pictures of the pens out in the middle of the bay there with the mountains in the background. And we raise them in the wild. Um, Folks, they're still farmed. They're raised in the wild. All you can say that about every salmon farm that's open pen—they're all raised out in the oceans. They're all—that's all the wild. That's all wild water. That's all wild area. They're all raised in the wild, so that's very, very, very misleading. And I need to call this restaurant back and ask them to please change their menu. I've asked them once, um, and um, I don't know if they thought I was serious or not. But I'm, they're going to—they are going to know that I am serious here very soon when I call them back again. So. Um, that's a situation with that, folks. Um, and again, um, if you're up in uh, the Hudson Valley, in the, where the Hudson Valley meets the Catskills, my restaurant is in Ellenville, New York, just 90 miles north of New York City. Uh, Aroma Time T H Y M E, like the herb bistro B I S T R O, a little play on words there. Aromatimebistro.com. Established in 2003. Uh, we are not perfect. Uh, we're very conscious, which is what I tell people, and whenever I can make improvements on our menu, uh, to clean, to source cleaner, better, safer, more humane products, we make those strives and those movements. And for us, it's not about um, saving money; it's about buying the right product and then being able to um, to. Pass on the value or the perception of what we're buying so we can charge the accurate price. So if, if you are price conscious when you're going to a restaurant, I'm not the restaurant for you because um, I don't do that to our suppliers. Uh, so uh 200 wines. I have about 100 really cool rare craft beers, maybe even 200 really rude cool rare craft beers, beers that you can't find anymore, beers that are out of production, vintage beers, barrel-aged beers, whiskey, whiskey barrel-aged beers, all kinds of really cool beers like that going back to 2003, 4, 5, 2010, 2015 um, in bottles, and we have a great keg aging program, the same exact thing, we always tap a, a keg, one of our keg lines is always, one of our tap lines is always a vintage keg that is barrel-aged, that is aged properly um, in the cellar and um there's a, a wonderful world when it comes to aging beers and maybe we'll do an episode on beer aging and what beers qualify for that because that's a great topic as well because a lot of people think consume your beer young and that's true for 99 percent of the beers produced but when you start buying bottles of beer wholesale that are 10 20 25 a bottle 30 dollars a bottle these beers are made um, high alcohol uh like wine and um they like to say like they have legs like we like to say um, they have legs so they can actually uh, go the distance for aging if they're aged properly. All right, and then check out VIPWineryVacations.com. If you are in the Hudson Valley, we offer a great service. Your car, our driver. So we send a license-insured, fully background-checked driver to your location. In some cases, they're um, off-duty police officers, so you have an extra level of protection uh, or assurance. And uh, we drive your car throughout Hudson Valley to wineries that we can help you pick out unless you know where you're going. It is a much better deal than a limo, and it's a lot better deal than an Uber. You have your own driver for the day in the comfort of your own car. Uh, whether you can seat four people in your cars, uh, you have the third row, or even if you have a minivan, and even if you have one of the larger vans that has several rows in it, we are licensed to come drive your car throughout the Hudson Valley. Um, the best way to see wineries through the Hudson Valley, and if you want to go to Italy or the Finger Lakes or Long Island, check out VIPWineryVacations.com. The upcoming tours are on there, and they're listed, and hopefully we're getting back to travel in uh, international travel uh, as uh, the pandemic is easing off. And we're trying to get back to normal here. So uh, check out those websites. And uh, if you come to my restaurant, stop and say hello to me. Thank you very much. And until the next episode.